You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Sonic Summer Stock Playhouse. Lovely night tonight, Maurice. Good evening, sir. Quite the crowd coming in tonight at the Playhouse. And thank you for coming to another great feature in our summer series. Best to find our seats soon before the... Ah, <laughs> the bell. Time to enter. So... Tonight we have a perennial favourite of the Playhouse as Mr John Bell, the one-man audio drama production team, brings us a classic from X-1, The Haunted Corpse. Originally broadcast on the 25th of July 1957, this original Golden Age science fiction story by the masterful Frederick Pohl is faithfully recreated, as well as cleverly edited, by John Bell of Bells in the Batfree. Oh. And uh, now it's time for our feature, The Haunted Corpse from X-1. Countdown for blastoff. X-5. 4. 3. 2. X-1. Fire. From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions and time and space. These are the stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The Sonic Society Summer Showcase, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, presents X X minus one. Tonight, The Haunted Corpse by Frederick Pohl. We moved in at 0800. That's a pretty good time, considering that Van Pelt turned up at the Pentagon on Thursday, and it took him till Monday morning to go in and see the general. By Tuesday, I had a task force of 135 men bivouacked around the old man's place. Corporal McCabe, my orderly, reported, mission accomplished. Well, I tell you, Colonel, there's a whole company dug in down the road right yonder, and winds is all set up right here like you done order. We got a covey of them recon cars from the cavalry roaming like a passel of June bugs quartering a handkerchief. Yeah, McCabe isn't very bright, but he's loyal. Well, about nine in the morning, the old man woke up. I suppose the firing at the auxiliary pistol range I set up got him out of bed. Get out of here! Hold on, you! Get those trucks off my lawn! Get out! You get off my lawn! Dr. Horn? What is this, the Boy Scout Jamboree? Are you the Scout Master? Dr. Horn, I'm Lieutenant Colonel Windermere, sir. My orders are to establish a security cordon about your laboratory. What? Here you are, sir. My copy of your orders. You could fly your orders like a kite. What the devil is this nonsense? You will see that they are signed by General Follinsby himself. What? Let me see that. I... Oh, I know. I know. That sniveling rat Van Pelt. He went to the army, is that it? 
that mountainous, ungrateful tub of rancid lard went crawling into Washington and rat into some tin soldier. Sir, General Follinsby is not a tin soldier. I'll get that wizard. Is that it? Did Dick Van Pelt come to you with some cock and bull story? That chicken-livered, worm-eaten, misbegotten offspring of a... Dr. Horn, the general asked me to give you his personal assurance that we will not interfere in your work here. But I'm sure you understand the importance of security. Security, schmacurity. Now you listen to me, Mr. Spit and Polish. Sir... The horn effect is my personal property. Not the government's, or the army's, or your Aunt Minnie's. What is this? Creeping socialism? Sir, security, my orderly, isn't cleared. Oh, that don't make no never mind, Colonel. I don't rightly grasp what he's saying, no how. McCabe, report to my tent. Oh, dang, just when it's yet interesting. <clears throat> now, Dr. Horn, I want you to know that I'm here to help you. Oh, that's a load of barbecue beans now, if now, I now, ever... Now, listen, I, you... hear me out. If there's anything you want, just ask me. If you want to go into town, that can be arranged. Of course, you'd better give us 24-hour notice so we can clear the streets and check out all the... Young man! Yes, sir. You may go to the devil. Of course, he went in to call the Pentagon in protest. He had a lot of spirit for an old civilian of about 75. Hello? Hello? This is Dr. Eric Horn. I want to protest an invasion of my privacy. Of course, Dr. Horn, I understand. There's an officious young cub scout out at my place making a pest of himself. A Lieutenant Wyndham Sales or something. Lieutenant Colonel Windermere. What? It's you! But I called Washington. Yes, sir. But our intercept monitor put the call through to me. What? I... We'll take care of any outside calls you wish to make. Of all the insufferable I never... At about 0600 the next morning, I ran a surprise full-scale inspection and simulated infiltration. Hey, look at you, Trigger You just... It's me, McCain. I'm just simulating. You hear? Fortunately... <laughs> he was only grazed. The wire-stringing detail worked all night, and we had surrounded the old Victorian house with triple-strand electrified barbed wire with guard towers every 50 feet. At 1400, I paid a call on Dr. Horn. What are you doing here? Good afternoon, Dr. Horn. I came in for your report. My what? Your daily progress report. Uh-huh. It's in my orders, paragraph 8. Oh, my favorite paragraph. Just carry on, sir. Corporal McCabe will take your words down. McCabe. Oh, his clearance came through last night. Oh, joyous day. You have a method for electronically killing a man without touching him. <sighs> killing, Lieutenant? Will you tell me what in the sweet name of heaven did I say that gave you that particularly stupid notion? But I understand. You think this is a weapon? Well, of course, sir. Of course, of course. My machine renders humans into corpses. A chipped flint will also do that. Look, you simpleton, don't you realize what my machine can do? It can separate that something which, added to a body, produces a man. And subtracted leaves a corpse. 
I can separate the two things without destroying them. You understand that I can take the ghost of life out of a body and keep it unharmed? Try to understand that, you pig-headed, mule-eared rabbit face! I terminated the interview and went back to headquarters to prepare my situation analysis. Van Pelt, all 300 pounds of him, was waiting for me. She was eating a can of sea rations with a knife. He's perfectly sane, Colonel, but he's dangerous. Very dangerous. You've got to protect me, absolutely. Van Pelt, I want this straight dope on Horn. Now, what is this ghost business? Oh, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that's just his way of putting it, you see. Hello, where are my manners? Would you care to join me in a can of beans? No, thank you. Well, there's, there's a difference between a living man and a dead man, and that difference is what Dr. Horn whimsically calls a ghost. Call it life plus intelligence plus soul, if there is such a word in your lexicon, Colonel. You mean his machine conjures up ghosts? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, Colonel. <laughs> Dr. Horn is an impossible old vulture, but he's not a wizard. Horn can drain the essence of life from a body and store it. Or, if he wishes, he can replace them in another body. I find this hard to swallow, Mr. Van... Uh, would you mind handing me the can opener? Can opener. That's interesting. Yes, sir. Macaroni and beef supper ration. Open sesame. So, he had a machine that could take a mind out of one body and put it in another body? Why didn't he say so straightforwardly instead of beating around the bush like a civilian? Of course, he was a civilian, which might explain it. Next morning, I went to the laboratory with Corporal McCabe and insisted on a demonstration. All right, this way, gentlemen. Please, Corporal McCabe is an enlisted man. Yes, yes, of course, of course. You'll see at this pole we have a cocker spaniel. Hello, boy. And over here, a Rhode Island Red. That's right, Perky. Look, a chicken, Doc. Yes, indeed it is. Now, if you will kindly stay clear of the terminal areas, I will activate the field thus. What's happening? The field is vibrating at the cycloid rate set on the crystal. All right. It's ready for discharge now. Well? You have the patience of a mayfly, Windbag. Windermere. Just watch. Here, Rover. Here, boy. Come here. Here, boy. Hey! Wait a minute. That ain't no ham. There's the chicken. Yes, I know. Here, Rover. Good boy. Well, I'd be tickled for an eel. That little old chicken's trying to wag its tail. And now, over here. 
Doggone, I never did see the like of that. A flop-eared, honest-to-peat dog trying to peck corn. I had a private conference with the old man later. Under Section K of my security regulations, I moved on my own initiative. Well, Lieutenant? Lieutenant Colonel, there is a slight difference. Well? Now, can you do this with people? Indeed, I can. But the silly laws covering these things, they won't let me. I've tried. Imagine a simple exchange. A man dying of terminal cancer and a feeble-minded youth. Put the sound mind into the sound body and let the decayed parts rot together. But will they let me? No, no. You've never tried the machine on people? No, but you're here. A military man, hmm? Yes, yes, very, very brave. All I need is a volunteer. That coward Van Pelt refused. That's why he sneaked off to you. Mm-hmm. But a brave soldier. Negative, sir. Negative. But lieutenant. Negative, sir. And besides, I am not a lieutenant. I am a field-grade officer. I don't believe you appreciate the investment the service has made in my training. Ah, fiddlesticks. However... If you need volunteers, the Army has a way of obtaining volunteers, sir. Ah. We'll see what we can do. Actually, it was easy. First, there was a boy from Maine awaiting court-martial on an AWOL charge. Second, he volunteered when I pointed out he could get up to a year at hard labor. And then... McCabe. Ah, uh, no, Colonel, sir. I ain't the volunteering type. <laughs> well, McCabe, I have been asked to recommend a non-com for infantry assignment in the Aleutian Islands. Infantry? Yes. Advanced Rifle Platoon Scout. The, the, the Aleutians? Mm-hmm. In the winter. Colonel, sir, I beg to report you have found a volunteer, namely I. Dr. Horn had arranged the terminus of the machine poles to be tapped into metal helmets, which were adjusted on the heads of the two men. Now hold still while I pull this strap tight. <laughs> this here reminds me of playing left tackle. Of course, of course. <clears throat> Are we ready, Lieutenant? I... ready. Colonel, sir, maybe... maybe I better not try this. I mean, I, I cancel my GI insurance... The Aleutians... Yes, sir, Colonel, sir. Well, I'll see you in a while. I will see him in a while, won't I? Yes, yes, of course you will. Now, this won't hurt a bit. I must admit that the test was an anticlimax. It worked. McCabe, that is, McCabe's body reported himself as Private Ethan Coffin in a broad down-east dialect. Yes, sir, I am Private Ethan Coffin, sir. U.S. Army, sir. I had horns switch them back. Then I went back to my tent and put through a call. 
Crash priority. General Fallon's be on the scrambler circuit, Colonel, sir. All right. Now, leave, McCabe. This is top secret. They don't never tell me nothing. I swear it's worse than grade school. Now, General, you won't believe... Colonel! Van Pelt! Colonel! What's the idea of barging in? I'm making a top secret call! You didn't let Horn make his test, did you? You didn't! Now out, Van Pelt! Out! Listen, that's all he's been waiting for! You've got to listen to me! McCabe! For God's sake, yes, man! Sir. Yes, sir, Colonel, sir! Escort Mr. Van Pelt out! But, Colonel! Come on, Mr. Van no. Pelt! You're less welcome here than I am! No, you must listen! No! <sighs> I was floating on a cloud of pure joy. I could see my eagles within my grasp. Maybe even a full star. I told the general my plan. Uh, are you still there, sir? Oh, well, you see, we use the device for intelligence. Suppose someone way up top in their government should visit the United States. We switch him, put our own man in his body. You see? Or in wartime, take a few prisoners and put our men inside their bodies. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can be available for a staff meeting at 0900. Yes, sir. <laughs> General Windermere. Lieutenant General Windermere. Oh, why not? General of the Armies, Windermere. Colonel, sir? Oh, what is it, McCabe? Uh, well, that Mr. Van Pelt... Listen, McCabe, next time I'm on the top-secret scrambler to the Pentagon, don't you dare let anybody into the command tent. Yes, sir. No, sir, Colonel, sir, but this here Mr. Van Pelt... I don't want to hear about him. Now, let him cool his heels a while. Well, he ain't. I mean, he can't. I mean, that is, he left. Good. But he carried on something frightful. He kept saying something about Mr. Horn wanting to live forever. What? Screwy, ain't it? Well, that's what he said. He said all Horn was waiting on was to make a test on human beings. He said that he's going to grab the first man he runs into and steal his body. He was making about as much sense as 20 cats in a water barrel. I'm thinking he might have been drunk or something. Oh, dear Lord. McCabe. Yes, sir. Call a condition red alert. What for? Don't argue, sir. Oh, never mind. You go up to the laboratory and take Dr. Horn into custody immediately. I'll give the alert. Yes, sir. Now! Yes, sir. Move! Yes, sir! I could see it all immediately. I grabbed my sidearm and buckled it on. Then I threw the switch that signaled a red alert throughout the unit. Just what you'd expect from a selfish civilian like Horn. He had taken his invention with unlimited military potential and used it to steal other people's bodies to prolong his own nearly senile existence in a younger body. And if that happened, there goes my general star, because he'd surely smash the machine, and we wouldn't know which body he stole. I was held up at the inner perimeter for five precious minutes while some idiot insisted on a password. I just happened to forget it, although I'd issued it in the morning. Luckily, while I was swearing at him, I accidentally hit the right combination, and he let me through. Van Pelt had gone into the laboratory, 
I knew that. Probably to try to stop the old man. But the effect would be to supply him with a body. He would have to switch immediately. Horn couldn't take the chance of Van Pelt having a heart attack. I ran into the laboratory, my sidearm drawn. Horn! Dr. Horn! Where are Oh! I tripped over a human body, still warm. Dr. Horn, his cast-off cocoon, abandoned. And then in front of me, I saw him. Van Pelt. Too late. Too late. Wait, wait, listen. Uh, McCabe, McCabe, what happened to you? Uh, oh, he slugged you, did he? Uh, no, no, wait! Don't smash the machine, Van Pelt! I know it's really you, Dr. Horn, in Van Pelt's body. Now put down that axe. I smash it! No! Smash it! Stop! Don't wreck the machine! Listen, Dr. Horn, I'll help you. I'll see you get a good, healthy body as long as you want it. Dr. Horn, think of the safety of our country. Think of security. No, 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 I'm not Dr. What? Who? Who shot that? McCabe, put that pistol away, you fool! Dr. Horn, Dr. Horn, speak to me. Now I know it's you and Van Pelt's body. Speak to me, Dr. Horn. He's dead. McCabe, you simple-minded. Why did you kill him? Everything is gone. My general star, everything. All right, McCabe, report to your quarters. You'll get a court-martial that'll make your hair curl. I sat there in the wrecked laboratory, and I almost cried. Everything gone. The machine, the brilliant mind that knew its secret. I looked at the corpse of Van Pelt that held the mind of Dr. Horn before that idiot McCabe had put a bullet through the brain and killed them both. I can almost feel cheerful, though, as I thought about the court-martial to come. I went immediately to McCabe's quarters to question him. You got me fair and square, Lieutenant. I feel like a hound dog on a really short leash. Why did you do it, McCabe? By shooting Van Pelt, or should I say Dr. Horn, you ruined any chance of using his invention for the good of the country. Why did you do it? Didn't you know you'd be court-martialed? I had to, sir, and I feel lower than a snake's belly. And all I can say is, hush my mouth and bowl my weevil old fiddlesticks. I think I'll skip the court-martial. It can be so boring. McCabe? What are you talking about? I may be stuck with this awful voice, but I don't have to continue the ridiculous corn-pone chatter. You... you're not McCabe. You're Dr. Horn. <laughs> and you finally see the light. And I must thank you, Lieutenant, for this very fine young body. You won't get away with this, Horn. Oh, won't I? What will you tell the authorities? That I used a mysterious machine to change minds with another person? A machine that no longer exists? That's quite a story. 
especially with two dead bodies to account for. They'll believe me. They must believe me. And if they don't, your career will end with a Section 8. No. Let me offer another scenario. Dr. Horn invented something of immense value. Van Pelt decided he wanted this invention all to himself. He wanted it so badly. It drove him mad. He tried to take it from poor Dr. Horn, who refused to cooperate. In a fit of rage, he killed Dr. Horn. Then he decided that if he couldn't have the invention, nobody could. So he started smashing it. You heroically attempted to stop him, but he attacked you. Luckily, your faithful Corporal McCabe was there and saved your life with one bullet to Van Pelt's head. Your career is saved, and I go free. Why should I let you off after all you've done? Because we're both pretty young. I've got about 30 or 40 years ahead of me to rebuild my machine. At that time, I'll be looking for another young body to inhabit. Never! You'll never use that machine for yourself again! I never said I'd use it for me. I'd use it for us. Us? Yes, you could grow old and feeble with your fancy stars on your shoulders until you die. Or you could have a new, younger body and a fresh start. That's horrendous. Perhaps. But so is dying when you have a chance at immortality. What makes you think you can rebuild your machine? <laughs> I don't think I can. I know I can, because I've done it before. This was, let's see, the third machine I've built in as many bodies. So think about it, Lieutenant. Think about it. When a body... Needs a body coming through the ride. X Minus One has brought you The Haunted Corpse, a story from the pages of Galaxy Magazine, written by Frederick Pohl and adapted for radio by John Bell, and is a John Bell creative production in association with the Sonic Society Summer Showcase. Stay tuned later for Laughs Aplenty with Bells in the Bat Free on most of these podcast stations. Thanks so much to John Bell for another stellar performance with X-1's The Haunted Corpse. Be with us next week as we welcome back the Amigos from our Sonic Echo series and continue their summer parlor series this Thursday on this very station and feed with their take on the very first radio drama produced script in English. Until then, I'm David Alt. Thank you all, and good night. And that's this week's performance for the 2018 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. 
All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. The Playhouse theme was written and performed by Sharon B. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hi, this is John Bell. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. In my podcast, Bells in the Battery, I usually surpass a thousand words. Why does he? But for every episode, there is also a picture. You mean the itty-bitty picture that you see when you bring up the episode? Yes, that's called a thumbnail. They're drawn on thumbnails? But now you can see all the thumbnail pictures in large format by going to the Bells in the Bat Free Gallery. Just go online to thebatfree.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-F-R-Y dot com. And click on Gallery. That's G-A-L-L-E. I think they can figure that out. You'll see all the pictures for all the episodes that were created by Jeff Music, along with other guest artists like the Lavalier Brothers and famous animation director Dan Reba. Oh, he knows one celebrity, and he really wants you to know about it. You'll also see lots of fan art art over the years and a few surprises so when you're in the mood for a picture instead of a thousand words especially especially his his words words, go to thebatfree.com and click on gallery and be sure to clean your thumbnails before viewing (laughs) 